With your feet in the air and your head on the ground Try this trick and spin it Your head will collapse And there's nothing in it And you'll ask yourself Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Hello and welcome to our next episode of Ego Exposed, episode 4, recorded on October 19th of 2017. I'm Jonathan, your host, and I've got two of my friends with me today, Marvin from Germany, and we have Valen from Turkey. And Marvin, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm 22. I'm probably the youngest person on this podcast so far, and I'm just... Um, a very conscious person. Um, I'm always looking out to find more truth and to develop myself. And yeah, that's why I got in contact with you guys um, over topics like spirituality and, and alternative physics and so on. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, yeah, glad to have you with us. And uh, Valen, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey there. Sure. Um... Uh, I'm Balin. I'm from Istanbul, Turkey, and um, I uh, started questioning life and reality and myself in 2008, and I started uh, researching a myriad of topics, and here we are in 2017. I'm 31 years old, and um, it's a very interesting life, and I'm very glad that I found uh, people such as yourself and uh, Marvin uh, to be able to discuss these topics. And yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks again for uh, for joining us, and uh, I think today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that have affected us, uh, our beliefs. And sorry if y'all can hear my dogs in the background. Um, but yeah. Uh, Let's just get started and go see where it goes. Uh, y'all were mentioning to me before about uh, Bashar and uh, Valen, how he uh, affected your life. Um, I don't really know who Bashar is. Could you tell me who exactly he is? For sure, for sure. So um, uh, throughout my research, uh, I went into a lot of topics and... Uh, I obviously went into the topic of extraterrestrials, and after that, I found out about channelings, and found out that there were many different kinds of channelings. Uh, a certain uh, category of channelings are uh, what I call active channelings, where a person uh, live sits in front of you and creates a connection with another consciousness, be it an extraterrestrial being, or a, a soul, or a consciousness that is, has already passed away, uh, it doesn't matter. And then there's this communication that's happening through, and it can actually, uh, an active interaction can happen with this person. So uh, Bashar was one of those uh, characters, consciousnesses that was channeled by a person called Daryl Anka. 
And I believe he started channeling Bashar around late 70s or early 80s. And uh, I discovered this around 2011 or so. And I started um, uh, researching and uh, listening to many of Bashar's videos. And uh, Bashar introduced, uh, Daryl Anka is the person, the real life person who channels Bashar. And Bashar introduces himself, if he has any gender, as an alien being uh, from uh, from the race, alien race called Esasani, uh, who are practic basically uh, in our future, not sure how much, about a couple hundred years, I believe. Uh, uh, that and, and this Esasani, this race Esasani, is actually a race of hybrid beings uh, that have evolved that have evolved from us as human beings in the future. Now, this this is a little bit out there information, but as Bashar always says, you don't have to believe who he is. Just uh, you, you might just listen to his information and judge the. Uh, truth for yourself. Uh, this is uh, Bashar, and he has been channeling since 1970s, and he's given uh, he's giving information about consciousness, reality, uh, everyday psychology, and events, and exopolitics, and what have you. And uh, wow. he has affected yeah, and he has affected me a lot uh, in terms of how I view life and how I view my own thoughts and feelings, basically. Hmm. So, I mean, a lot of people that are skeptical of channeling, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, one of those people, I'm still on the fence about channeling, mm -hmm. and which I'm not saying that there is not legitimate information and value in the message, but I think a lot of people will say, well, isn't it just, um, what was his name who's, who's performing the channeling? Daryl Anka. Daryl Anka. So, it, yeah. you know, what's to say it's not just Daryl Anka's thoughts that are being... You yeah, know, sure. Yeah, that, spoken that, that, or no, written down because I mean, this is all like the auto writing is a form of this uh, too, right? Like yes. it's not just sitting there and, and talking and communicating with a another consciousness, but writing or typing or just kind of everything that comes to mind first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's very true. Uh, that's exactly why I said like it doesn't matter who he is, doesn't matter what he claims that he's doing, but the information he's giving, regardless of the source is what should be judged from my point of view. Yeah, it's about the message, not the messenger. That's what I like yes. to say, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. If yeah, the information helps you in your life, basically, if you can use it um, in your life and it benefits you, then it doesn't matter really what the backstory is. And um, also regarding channelings, what would you say would be the benefit of claiming you you channel someone and then giving people valuable information if if that was your own information? I don't see I don't see a reason to lie about it. You know. Also, what would be the benefit of claiming something so out there as to the source of the information after after giving so much valuable information that impacts so many people's lives? That's that's also another point of view. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a, a strange thing to, to, you know, just add in extraterrestrials for no apparent reason. I mean, it does kind of give it a, um, exactly. a certain, uh, you know, mysterious air about it. You know, it's not like this guy just writing a self-help book or something. Yeah, true. 
I mean, but um, I mean, I, I I think it does require a little bit of faith, and so you know, I I mean, anything in life that uh, I feel is truly worth it, you know, it it does require a little bit of faith, you know, in in science, the scientific method, you have to have faith that it works, or uh, you know, in in your religious faith, you have to have faith in something. So, yeah, I don't think it in the long run, it's it's necessarily important that can be proven whether it's an actual channeling or not. Yeah, I mean, what's important probably also is just to not fear having some faith because in in today's society, many people are very afraid of of uh, having um, beliefs that could be wrong, whereas it's important to have certain beliefs or test out certain knowledge to see how it benefits you and how true it actually is. If you're just in fear all of your life, uh, um, like you don't want to make a mistake, you don't want to be wrong, then you're not really really getting an opportunity to test out the knowledge that you gain. Yeah, we got to be able to take a risk or... I mean, you won't grow. You won't, like, find new opportunities if you're just afraid and sitting at home and not going out or doing anything. I mean, that's something I'm struggling with because, you know, I I still have a lot of fear that I've got to learn to let go of. But it's hard, man. Yeah, definitely. It's a deconditioning process. It takes a long time, you know, especially, I don't know, I think different people have it easier and have it harder. I mean, I, I probably have it a little bit easier than many people. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be where I am consciously um, that I am today in my age. But um, but we're, we're all on this journey together of, of deconditioning, of rethinking, of questioning what we were taught. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to do that if you want to evolve consciously, basically. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh... Valen, you I know you were talking about Bashar, but we also wanted to mention um, or or do a comparison to uh, another figure that it's it's not a uh, a channeling. Well, I'm not sure. Marvin, uh, you'll have to tell me the guy's name again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Bentino uh, you want to take it from here? Yeah, sure. All right. The other person we wanted to talk about was uh, Bentino Massaro. Um, he's a lot younger because I think Bashar has been in this really long. Like I saw one of his videos, it was 11 years old or so, like quite, quite long ago for YouTube standards, uh, standards at least. And Bentino, um, he's younger. I think he's, uh, like 28 or something. And he had his first enlightening, uh, experience at the age of 14, um, and he doesn't channel uh, like um, like Bashara. the other guy who channels Bashara, um, but he is very much in alignment with his higher self, and um, his higher self is actually a, a social memory complex. So he's what people refer to as a wanderer, um, which are souls um, who who don't originate from Earth. They're more or less just here on Earth to help people out in these new times because um, a lot of people believe that uh, we live in times where everything is kind of changing. And um, for that to happen, it's good to have these wanderers who help out uh, with the energies and to who bring new ideas into the world, basically. Um, so he's one of them. And I think his teachings are pretty similar to those of Bashar. Um, very 
they're very practical. Like the knowledge you gain from him is is very much things you can use in your day to day life to um, enhance your life, to be happier, to see where maybe you have um, limiting beliefs that are holding you back or that yeah that feel bad to you. So um, I, I haven't been into him that long yet especially because my own uh, spiritual journey hasn't even been that long. I think it started like six months ago. And uh, yeah, I've been really on, on uh, acceleration. I've been trying to get as much knowledge as I can. And Bentino is like the last station I arrived at. And um, I've been getting a lot of great knowledge out of his teachings. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. I mean, just I know from talking to you previously that you've, uh, I mean, you're you're really at an advanced stage, uh, I think, on your spiritual trip. And uh, I mean, for for 22, I'd say you're uh, you're well on your way to a very fulfilling yeah. life. <laughs> definitely, well, yeah, it was a step ahead of us. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely got a leg up. Yeah. Just wanted to say that the uh, what what um, Marvin mentioned about the practicality of the information Bentinga Masara gave, uh, I have to say it's the exact same with Bashar. The practicality of the information really helps you in everyday life. That um, that it helps you uh, look at everything, your thoughts, your beliefs, and your reasoning process, your thought process. So it it, it affects everything. In your life, that's 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 the core. That's the power of the information that we get from, in my opinion. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the the practical effects. Like, what what's um, what's one of Bashar's teachings sure. that you can put into practical use? Uh, well, yeah, definitely. I have something prepared for that. Um, it, it's about laws of motivation and goals in life. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, what he says, choices are basically based on your motivations slash emotions. And motivate your motivation and emotions are based on your definitions, which are your beliefs, basically. So when I say a belief, it, it's, it's not like I believe aliens are real or I believe Trump is a bad person. No. Uh, beliefs are basically the base definitions of how you view everything in life. For example, you had a bad experience with, I don't know, cheese, for example. So in your mind, your definition of cheese has a bad a negative connotation to it. So like if cheese is bad for you. So basically... Oh, I've, I've got one. Hold on. Can I can I interject for a moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. So my, my wife hates mushrooms. She, does, <laughs> she will not eat mushrooms like for, for dinner on her steak or... Or as a side item, or any any kind of mushroom at all, hates it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The reason why is when she was growing up, she was like four or five. Uh, she was playing and she found the wild mushroom, and she ate it. And her mm -hmm. mom found her, like you know, she didn't eat a lot of it. She was like going to put it in her mouth, and her mom like knocked it out of her hand and washed out her mouth with soap. Mm -hmm. And it created that, like, almost impossible to break mental connection between mushrooms and mouth being rinsed out with soap and that feeling oh. and that emotions. And so she's, uh, you know, she's aware of it. And she actually had uh, some stuffed mushrooms with cheese uh, at, we were at Longhorn the other night. And so I was super proud of her. But, um, 
Yeah, that's like the first mus- mushroom she's probably eaten in, I don't know, 20 years? Oh, yeah. interesting. Interesting. But so. she's beating that now, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. She's made progress on it. She's She can eat a mushroom now without that's, vomiting. That's very, very similar to my experience with fish. Uh, uh, when I was little, my parents prepared a fish meal, and I ate from it, and I, I think I... Uh, I had the allergies for it, so I just uh, vomited until the morning. It never stopped. <laughs> and this happened again two years after when I just had some bread dipped into the fish sauce, and the same thing happened. So I, I, I hated fish so much that I didn't start eating it un- until very late into my teens. Yeah, this happens because your definitions, your beliefs, you, you, you absorb them, and, and they get buried underneath there. And the reason... I think that our early childhood experiences affect us so much in the future is because our brains and our minds are still in the process of development. So when, when, when you have a definition that, it, that has a huge impact on your psyche, it, it gets yeah. buried over and over and over, and so many other definitions come over it and over it and over it, so it's very hard to reach that basic yeah. bottom line definition. Yeah, another thing that I might add to that is that um, the real problem arises with the really fundamental belief systems that one holds, those who have the most impact on your life and how you view and handle life. So when you when you are in a world where from when you're small in TV you can see you can see certain belief systems that are that are shown that affect you that go straight into your brain that affect straight how you think basically then um, you have belief systems about the world that could really harm you and this uh, happens with a lot of people and um, I think these techniques and and these ways of thinking about um, how we think and, and what beliefs we hold they start to unravel some really fundamental beliefs that may be holding you back from being happy or from achieving certain things. Like many people have issues with money or many people have issues with relationships, um, all of these things. So I think there's really a lot of value to be found in um, in seeing um, how changing your belief systems and deconditioning yourself um, has really a profound effect on your life. Definitely. I totally agree with you. Uh, uh, we will get into this later on as well, but I, what I wanted to say is one of, uh, when, when, when Bashar explained this belief system and how our thought process is actually a result of that belief system, our feelings, emotions, etc., uh, when, you, when, you when you can actually see the equation of that in your mind, like the equation that your your emotions and motiv- motivations are belie- uh, based on your emotions and your emotions are believed on your definitions slash beliefs, then you can actually structure and see uh, and, 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 and understand why you feel the way you do in, in, uh, against certain events that happen in your life, yeah. which, which is yeah. very important because you have to question yourself. If you don't question yourself, then you don't understand why you act the way you do. Yeah. And when you, when, so basically what happens is uh, something bad happens to you in your life and you feel bad. And when you feel bad, you have to ask yourself, why do I feel this way right now? 
And sometimes the reason for that, that the belief, the definition is so far, so far deep in your psyche that you have to keep asking and asking. Sometimes you can't even get the answer right away, obviously. But when you, when you get used to questioning yourself about your feelings and when you get to the bottom of those beliefs and uh, of those, uh, of those, of that feeling and you, when you get, when you discover that belief and it, 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 it the, the hold that belief has over you weakens and sometimes disappears altogether. So this is, this is actually very similar to uh, having a bad trip on LSD and <clears throat> having, having the power to be able to get, get, uh, get up afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Do you want to like um, go into the next parts or should I bring in something from Bentino that goes into that line? Uh, sure, go ahead, and I'll, I'll bring something else afterwards. Okay, so one of his teachings is basically that everything that feels bad to you um, means that you have either a belief or you're doing something that is not in alignment with your highest purpose or your higher self, so to say. Very so um, if, you, if you do things that feel good, that means you're within... Um, The, the spectrum of things that are beneficial for you to do to fulfill your purpose because um, his what he says is that every person has some kind of purpose they have kind of, some kind of reasons why they're here like um, you can see what your purpose is by by what excites you I think you're also gonna uh, mention that again but um, I think yeah. it's interesting to think that anytime you feel bad like anytime that you're not in alignment with your higher self, that really adds a whole new way of thinking about things. Because if I now, I don't know, if, if, if I have to do my taxes or if I have to do homework or whatever, and I feel bad about it, does that mean I shouldn't be doing homework? Or does it mean that maybe I have a belief system that says that doing homework in itself is bad, so then I have to introspect and, and look at my beliefs and think, okay, maybe I have a wrong attitude towards doing homework or towards doing my taxes. Maybe I need to, need to do this to, to for, have a fulfilling life to, you know, handle my shit. But, yes. um, but I need to actually change my, my relationship with the thing I'm doing. So Very when you true. start to notice that all kinds of things feel bad to you, also in traffic when people cut you off or whatever and you get totally angry, it feels bad. When you notice all of these things, you start to notice, okay, I have a lot of belief systems, a lot of things that I have relationships with that are not uh, for my highest good. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. very true. This is exactly how Bashar talks about things. Also, uh, the, the, it's a, a little uh, advanced layer that uh, comes after motivation. But yeah, this is very, very true. Uh, uh, very similar teachings. Mm -hmm. uh, motivation, for example, you will always choose what you perceive to be the choice that is closest to pleasure and furthest furthest from pain. Even if you're choosing what seems to be as a painful choice. You have to have a, um, a definition, a belief that says, regardless of how negative it seems, you're somehow defining it less painful than the other choice. Yeah. Um, so basically, what's, what's interesting is none of us lacks motivation. None of us lacks trust. It's all in the definition. I mean, mm -hmm. if you lack motivation, then there's a belief up inside your psyche That is not in line with your highest uh, highest self. How how, you, how did you put it, Marvin? 
Yeah, not in alignment with with your higher, your higher self. self. Or your yes, exactly. Yes. So basically, uh, we are all forced to work in some job, and people don't like their jobs. People don't like doing chores. People don't like doing something. So we don't lack motivation. There's always an infinite pool of motivation that we can draw from. It's just that there's a belief up in there. You you believe that you're supposed to do your job. Everybody's supposed to do this job, and you just found the job. You're supposed to feel um, uh, grateful for that job and do that job and earn your money. But then you don't like the job. So what happens? You have to find out about that belief, and you have to understand that it's not in alignment with your higher self. So 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 you can actually start to change things in your life. Yeah. Also. Also, you said, uh, being in alignment with your higher self and also having a purpose of your life is, I think, is different. Uh, I believe, uh, well, not what I believe, but Bashar also teaches, is that we all have one purpose in life. It's, it's, it's different to, for everybody else, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically generally the same. Our only purpose is to be who we are to the best that we can be. Mm. Who we are to the best of our ability. Basically, yeah. who you are, who you are, is your higher self. You're, 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 you're a, a, a reflection in this holographic matrix of your higher self. And you're, you're supposed to, well, not you're supposed to, but basically, whenever you be yourself, whenever you express your thoughts, whenever you become who you are, is, is, is your purpose, basically. Because whenever you do that, you will be always be happy, and whatever you do towards that goal will always serve you, and will never be something that oh I have to do this, oh I have to do that, or whatever. Yeah, that that adds the whole aspect of uniqueness into it. Because what we in society often forget is that, or what we don't see is that people are really unique. People really have their own kind of value that they're supposed to bring to the world. So um, being in alignment with your higher self doesn't mean that you conform in any way or that you adopt uh, belief systems just like that. It means that you, that, you, that you pick your belief systems and that you pick your way of going about the world in accordance to what you want to express, what your highest emotions are, what makes you happy, what what excites you. So, yeah, that's that's the whole uniqueness aspect that you kind of touched on. Yeah, I agree. So if you find yourself constantly choosing thing, you, uh, choosing the thing you know that's intellectually more painful than what you say you would rather choose, then the question is, why do I keep choosing something that I know to be more painful instead of something else that I prefer? So the only reason you would do this is that there must be an unconscious belief attached to that thing that you say that excites you, that for some reason is making that thing actually appear to be more painful uh, yeah. than, 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 than staying where you are. You've got to find out what belief you have to buy into to make your joy seem more painful than simply like staying where you are, no matter how painful it is. God, I mean, look at how many people we have who have all these dreams and they're like, huh, but I can't do it, you know, obviously, because because of this and that or because exactly. I can't do this and that or whatever. It's all these beliefs that are attached to those exactly. dreams. Like, imagine, like, I, I have the perfect example, playing video games. <laughs> playing yeah. video games. I mean, there's... Uh, 
when did, when did these things start? During late 80s, 90s, the advent of video games. People loved playing video games. But then, like, playing video games was always attached to, the, if you're going to play video games all the time, you're never going to become somebody. You're never going to earn your own money. You're never going to become your own man or whatever. Parents and children, this constant source of negativity and this, uh, arguments between in, in, in families, etc. But yeah. now, imagine this. Like, could you ever imagine something like this happening? There is something called Twitch.tv, for those who don't know it. Uh, people who play video games can actually go on Twitch and Twitch.tv and live stream what they play. And if you're good, and, and then it, 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 like when, if there's not many competition, people can watch you play that game. And while doing that, if they like you, they can they start donating to you. They they start subscribing to you. And then you can put this the videos uh, of yourself playing this game on YouTube. And then if, if people like you and you're popular, people watch that uh, video on YouTube. You get so many views and you earn money both from Twitch, from, from the donations, and from YouTube. There are video game players that actually live on this. They, they Man, make so much money. it sounds so ridiculous when you just say it like that. I mean, it's, it's just, when you, do you, I mean, do we hear what we're doing? It's just <laughs> ridiculous. We're, we're watching people play video games and giving them money. Exactly right, but but this happens every day. People make so much money from this. It's amazing. They they create communities around it. It's 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 yeah. can, can could anybody? I mean, that's what we're that's, that's what I'm doing right now. We're putting this out so people will listen because we want them to hear what we have to say. For sure, yeah. for sure. You know, it's just a different form. I mean, if you can so conceive of of something, if you can think of something, if you can have an idea about earning money through video games, then there's always a way to do it. That's why sure. we have we have no limits. The only limits we have is the ones we create in our head. Definitely. So if you adopt the limits that society has as a norm, you're or not, you're on not you, getting yes. far. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So another for uh, example, this person who likes and loves to take pictures and travel the world, but he doesn't have any money. Uh, what happens is how I, I want to take pictures all around the world, but how am I going to get money? Uh, he, he goes and asks the airlines, and some some and one airline finally accepts this person as you know what? Okay, you come and take pictures for us. And we're going to use these pictures for free in our catalogs and our advertisements, etc., because they like his uh, picture style, for example. And then, and then uh, the airline lets this person go freely using their airlines to any city in the world. Mm -hmm. And he, so this person fulfills both of his dreams, which is to take pictures and to travel the world for no money. Plus, he, he earns money doing this. It's it's, yeah. it's these are these you have to act you have to act towards what you want in life and and not just dismiss your dreams dismiss the things that you want just by by because ah oh, I will never earn money doing this or ah oh, that will never work it's already happened it, there are so many different um, uh, versions of it already I will never get popular there's always these negative beliefs. That we yeah. take, we, we get from our friends, our family, the society. They impose it on, on us. Negative, the, everything, all of them are bullshit. You create yeah. them. You decide to believe in them. And when you believe in them, you never act on them. 
and and uh, that just stops you right in your tracks. Yeah, the the beautiful thing to that is that once you actually make the decision to to not be influenced by those limiting belief systems and try to go into the the direction that feels most uh, that feels the best to you, that excites you the most, then the universe the universe will put everything into place to yes. make that a possibility for you because there is nothing there's nothing actually working against you but yourself. Yes. So exactly um, like what what might happen is that you will stumble into issues, but these issues will show you that you have belief systems that need to be fixed before you can actually do what you want to do. So everything is working for you. There is nothing that is working against you except yourself if you choose to believe that, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I want to touch in on this and, and approach this subject from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it, it's about, basically, we can we can somehow sum this up by saying what you believe is true is what you experience and your thoughts will reinforce that belief basically if you believe that you will never make money out of this then then you will act in accordance to that belief which is you will you will not try to do it and mm -hmm. that is what you experience but if you believe that you will get something out of it you will never stop until you get it and it's, it will happen for sure. It might not happen the first time. It might not happen the second time or the third time. It will happen because, because that's what you believe that will happen. And that's exactly how you will act towards it. You will try and try. Also, yeah. also this, is, this also comes into effect in terms of what is real, basically. I believe um, the only real thing is our experience. Yeah, there's there there really is no when you think about it there really is no outside it all takes place in our consciousness uh basically everything is our perception of it mm -hmm. uh, to give an example for example the perception of john in my mind is totally different from uh the perspective of john in marvin's mind and also mm -hmm. totally different from how john perceives himself to be yeah. Right. So everybody has a different perspective of things. We all know that, for example, I'm holding my cell phone in my hand. We all know that this is a phone, but every everybody has a different uh, perspective of specific phones. So, so it's a different experience for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And this makes into a per specifically unique world. Actually, mm. it's very interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, you are your own reality. Yeah, I, I, I could probably bring in the 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 thing with parallel universes here, which is something that Bentino also often talks about, which is that basically, um, if you if you look at the universe as, um, as we tend to look at it, that it's basically, um, it's all one, and it's um. And that we experience the universe through consciousness, because oh. what Bentino says is basically that every single constellation of energy that can exist ex exists, because oh. the universe is infinite. There's it. Um, reality is basically a manifestation of the infinite. So oh. infinite realities exist, infinite constellations of energy, and 
Um, but that in itself doesn't create an experience. If you have all of these constellations of energy, you, you do not have an experience just like that. So what experiences this infinity is consciousness. So consciousness goes into these, goes and takes, basically has this pool of infinite possibilities and then picks from that the story it wants to create. Exactly. So, um, you, you, it's like it's like a, like a movie. You have different pictures that make up a movie. That's basically how consciousness works. And Very parallel true. parallel uh, realities is described in a way that um, every single nanosecond, basically, your consciousness is picking different um, constellations of energy and and putting them onto each other to create um, a reality. Mm-hmm. So that's that's his that's his concept, or that's the concept behind it. This and is very interesting because this is very very similar to what Bashar teaches. Yeah, I, I think they had, they uh, they overlap quite a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean yeah. So um, the uh, point just, just being... to interject, Marvin, I, I'm very sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to interject, just just before you go into yeah, yeah. Uh, how, we, how how consciousness creates reality, uh, sure. I want to I, I want to just use these words to um, just wrap up the thing. So basically, mm-hmm. through beliefs and definitions, we create our reality. Yeah. So what, what, I, what I said before, I create my version of you in my reality. You create your version of me in yours. So in essence, we're both talking to ourselves, right? Yeah. Exactly. Every single one of us have our own realities. It seems like we are sharing a reality, but it's not actually the same reality because it's all our specific, unique perspectives, subjective perspectives. The only way so, we but don't it. don't we have a collective reality that we're all responding to? Well, there is you know the same is, inputs. Yeah, but there, I mean they're yeah, different point of view. But there are there is an objective reality outside subjective reality. Uh huh. Well, there is sort of a, a agreed level of reality outside, but in yes. essence, what matters is our own perspective. The thing is, we have, for example, if you look at us, um, if you look at the physical, um, there's certain physical attributes, like we have gravity, we have we have certain rules, underlying rules that that govern this reality. These are these are also just belief systems, but they are at a much deeper level than the common belief systems we hold. They are belief systems that you basically agree upon before you even incarnate. It's like you have to follow these belief systems as like a rule set to go into this reality. But looking at it from from a bigger perspective, it's also just beliefs because everything is in a way subjective. Everything is consciousness just uh, creating a game, creating rules. Um, And, yeah. Well, uh, you you can put it like this. The only way we perceive other people in our reality is by agreeing we create out of our own energy slash consciousness, our version of them in our reality to interact with. I am actually just my own reality, for example. So it doesn't matter what anyone's intentions towards me is. I can decide if it's preferable. And regardless of anyone else's intention, the energy of your reality will serve you in the manner you have deemed it shall serve you because of your decisions and preferences. This is actually the point that we should get out from this. So mm. this, this 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 connects to the victim uh, victimization, yeah, victim mentality. The, the, victim mentality is a um, uh, how, how should I say it's it's a fallacy. Yes. 
when something happens to you, you decide how you're going to get affected by it. Ultimately, it's always you who decides how you're going to get affected by it. And if you if you go into a victim reality, a victim mentality, like Marvin said, then then you give away your power to decide how you're going to feel in your own reality. Yeah, it's basically we just proved to you. Yeah, we just proved to you that you're living in your own reality created through beliefs and definitions that you decide. So, yeah. A lot, a lot depends on your 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 state of consciousness. The higher you go in consciousness, the the more conscious you are, the more conscious you can create. Um, human beings are actually pretty low on on the range of of consciousness for souls. Yeah. I mean, bugs and so on also have some kind of souls, but but that's just, that's still a very primitive state. When human beings actually, the, the first place that human beings incarnate is uh, the third density, and we are in the third density. So yeah. we are some of the most unconscious human beings. So we we often create unconsciously. Yeah, we. That, that's the point. You can you can decide to stay unconscious and to not evolve yourself and create your reality unconsciously, or you can become more conscious and then see that you are actually the one creating your reality. Exactly. Very very true. Yeah, uh, don't allow other people to affect your reality. Yeah, yeah the victim mentality. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, so, that's very. Uh, very good points, guys. I mean, I I love these two guys that you're talking about already. <laughs> yeah, I love them too. <laughs> so uh, Marvin was talking about how consciousness creates reality like five minutes ago, and I interjected him. I believe yeah. that's also very, very similar to what Bashar talked about. And what he talked about is basically uh, your mind, your brain is not the CPU of your body, but it's more like the TV receiver of mm. your uh, of your consciousness, and your heart is the tuner. So uh, every second you go from billions and trillions and trillions of parallel realities. Basically, yeah. there's only one moment. There's the eternal now. There's no time, and the, the the experience of time that we uh, experience is basically you you moving through countless parallel dimensions every second and looking at the same moment from different perspectives. So yes. every parallel dimension has its own frequency, and you uh, radiate your own frequency through your heart. And your brain is a TV receiver that helps you experience this reality the way we experience it through the frequency of your choosing. And how do you uh, radiate that frequency? With your feelings and your thoughts and your beliefs. Yes, Bentino, I think, called it a vibrational attitude, basically. Mm -hmm. you, have, you have a kind of attitude towards reality and that reflects your your vibration and depending on what vi vibration you have you gain access or you pick different pictures out of the infinite pool of different energy constellations so to say so if you're very much low vibration you're depressed you don't feel good the the, the kind of spectrum of of 
um, pictures you will choose is a very different one than if you feel very elevated and you feel very good. That's mm -hmm. also why it's possible to snap out of a state instantaneously because you can instantaneously shift to a parallel um, um, reality. The, mm -hmm. the, the only reason why that most people don't do that is because we have belief systems in place that uh, tell us um, we can't just go from being totally depressed to happy in one moment. There's kind of a gradual change or we can't just live our dream life from one moment to the other. But looking at it just objectively or looking at it with that uh, knowledge in mind, actually you can because every nanosecond or whatever is 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 a new reality. You're creating that through your vibrational attitude. So if you really learn to to get control of your vibration attitude of your emotions of your thoughts and so on you have a lot more control over which spectrum of experiences you can experience in this reality yeah i i totally agree with this except uh i'm i have to say that this is also the part that i have the most difficulty in life in in, in practice because obviously we all have our beliefs and stuff and we yeah. we uh, we have uh, we have uh, emotional responses to whatever happens outside of us, and uh, sometimes when you feel bad or upset about something, you just can't decide to not feel upset, even if you change your beliefs and definitions at that second. But you might be able to do it if you can actually go to the bottom belief that causes that upsetness, that negativity. But not, not at that moment, because you're in a bad state of mood. That, and also, uh, I believe, once you feel bad about something, the emotions, the emotional chemicals that make you feel bad have already been released. I'm not sure if this is true, totally, but this is just an explanation that I, that I came up with. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm true. So mm -hmm. when those chemicals are released, it's not that easy to just suddenly feel okay again. Um, this reminds me of something else, which is that if certain emotions get released, it mm -hmm. becomes like something, like the importance of it gets elevated within your consciousness. So it creates like, you can look at it like a quest line, yeah? If you play mm -hmm. video games, there's oh, yeah. something like, like quest lines where oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you start a certain adventure. And yes. human beings work in a way that if you start getting addicted to video games or if you start getting addicted to alcohol or if you start being depressed or if you start, uh, I don't know, going to clubs all the time, those, those kind of experiences and the emotions that are attached to it, they start like, a, like an adventure. They start a quest line in you and you okay. then want to proceed that adventure. So oh. that's why if you, if you have depression if you feel something it could be of benefit to you to actually go through that experience because that's what it's all about it's all about experiences so um if you have a lower vibrational experience then you're probably wanting to have that kind of experience so then you need to mm -hmm. first go through it really experience it maybe um maybe clear some belief systems that cause that to happen because mm -hmm. it only happens if there's some belief systems attached to it you clear those belief systems and then you go on then you change your frequency again and so yeah. on so this so a very nice analogy. while while very you nice. can while you can always change your reality 
it isn't always beneficial to go about it that way, especially if you're not beyond a certain point of of uh, learning. Like like enlightened people, like Bentino, for example, he lives his life very accelerated. He um, he knows all of these things. He's he's solved a lot of his limiting beliefs and so on. So his focus on or his approach to reality is a little bit different to people who still have certain lessons to learn. That's why we still often, you know, go through these kind of experiences and they're important for us, basically. Very true. I totally agree with this because um, life is not always, you know, uh, flowers and love and positivity. We, we come here to experience the harshness of life and transform that energy to positivity. So, um, it, it doesn't it's not it doesn't mean that you're always going to have positive experiences sometimes okay this is supposed to be a positive thing so i should believe the positive definition okay maybe you should go through that negative event that negative quest line as marvin put it and feel the negativity feel your pain as mm. Cap there was a scene in star trek with captain kirk i don't want my pain taken away i, I want to own that pain i want my pain i need mm. my pain Damn it, Bones, you're a doctor. You know that pain and guilt can't be taken away with a wave of a magic wand. They're the things we carry with us, the things that make us who we are. If we lose them, we lose ourselves. I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain. When you, when you get that pain, you, get, you, get, you learn, you get lessons. Mm -hmm. and it, I mean, that's why I think there's also the reasoning for, for, um, for, for, for teaching others, teaching people who are not as knowledgeable as yourself uh you know in the, prohibiting them from doing something or uh, what a person always learns something the best way when he goes through the negative experience that it causes him yeah and people sometimes need to experience those things to be able to learn it yeah. I, I think that's true i yeah. think uh, uh pain and and suffering does lead to growth and to the ability to have uh, more fulfilling experiences later on because you can appreciate them more because you've experienced the other end of the spectrum and the other end of the polarity. Yeah. So. Yeah, but there, there's also another hack to suffering in a way. I, I, there's this this quote which is, um, "Suffering is the avoidance of pain," which implies like a, like a difference in both. So pain is something that is very beneficial for you to go through. But suffering, in a way, is if you don't engage that pain. Like, uh, oh. that thing with Captain Kirk, where he said he wants to own his pain and so on. That's, that's like, he, he engages the, pa the pain. He, he, he faces it, basically. Yeah. But a lot yeah. of people, they are, conditioned, they are conditioned to think that pain is something bad. Pain is something to be avoided at all costs. So then they try to run away from the pain, yeah, whereas avoid that it. pain is very, very important for them. So they mm -hmm. start to suffer because they're not facing that which will propel them to, to greater understanding, to you know, being happier and so on. Very, very important points. When you when you avoid that pain, it gets stronger and stronger and nags at you and makes your suffering worse and worse and worse until yeah. you find the power to face it. And yeah. that is something that we talked about, like uh, in the beginning, uh, about a bad trip from a mm. psychedelic substance, for example. You go through a bad trip. So what basically, I'm, I'm, it's a very basic uh, description. But uh, some psychedelic substances really intensifies your beliefs and your feelings, right? 
So whenever you feel something, uh, it, 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 it turns into a bad trip and then it, 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 it gets intensified. So in a way, the psychedelic substance makes you, forces you to face your pain, you face your fear, mm -hmm. face, that, face that belief in your psyche that is not in alignment with your higher self. And when you face it and think about it and decide otherwise, you grow, you become yeah. enriched. Yeah. yeah, there was there was another part that uh, that leads into what I'm about to say, which is that uh, pain in general, um, pain and suffering and 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 so on, is something that is very common to third density. So the the spectrum of reality that we are inhabiting right now. So the reason for all of, I mean, if you look at the world, there's lots of pain, there's lots of suffering, there's lots of violence and so on. And that is because these things are a catalyst for the evolution of consciousness. It's like um, it's it's like friction. The more friction you have, the more it kind of makes you have to think. It it makes you have to um, engage all of these things. That's why third density is actually one of the densities that is the fastest. Like. The experience of it is the fastest because you have so many catalysts. You have so many things that make you have to think, that make you have to kind of evolve. So in the higher densities, um, the, the kind of lessons, the kind of focus is more around love and wisdom and so on. So as there's like less to worry about, because if you're happy all the time, you don't really have to worry about much. You can just live your life and so on and be happy don't learn but much. here you you don't learn as much so that it stretches out way longer those densities but third yes. density goes pretty quick because you can't you have to actually engage in you know being happier that's why we're mm -hmm. trying to get this spiritual knowledge and so on because life mm -hmm. sucks if you don't learn how to deal with it basically very true it's basically a comparison between uh living a utopia living in a utopic civilization where everyone's happy and everything is cared for, you don't have any problems, etc. You don't learn much. But yeah. when 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 there's so much other problems in life that you have to deal with, you face those problems and you learn much, much, much more, much more frequently, and you grow. And uh, I I don't know where I read about this. Um, uh, it it was I think they described it as as uh, the incarnational cycle on Earth is mm -hmm. sort of like the Harvard University of this galaxy. Uh, <laughs> could be true, could not be. I don't know. Some people don't want to describe li life on Earth as a school, but um, basically uh, the experiences you gain in during your incarnational cycle on Earth uh, are countless times more uh, than than experiences that you might learn in a utopic society on another planet, for example. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Another point to that is, um, as we said before, you know, you have different belief systems, you have different ways of looking at reality that change how you interact with it and how you feel about it and so on. And with this knowledge in mind that the reality we occupy right now, we live in, has to be full of catalysts for us to evolve for a lot of people who are into conspiracy theories who who know that the structure of the world is, is not fair we you know um 
then it, it kind of puts a little bit of different view on it. Like when people start out on their journey and they like find out all the bullshit that is being done, they get really upset. They get really angry. They're like, these people have to be punished. Why are they making us have these bad experiences and so on? But actually, this is part of the whole evolutionary process because mm-hmm. mm, I see it. it I, I see it like this that we are very much towards the end of the density experience. I mean, if you're into the whole ascension thing, then you will probably have have heard of, uh, about it. And um, so this peak of our government controlling us and um, all of all of these things happening in the background, like all the power they have uh, today, it's mm-hmm. like uh, it's a huge catalyst. It's like um, as people wake up, they see these things. It propels them to to look at the world differently, to rethink yes. what they have learned, and so on. Yes. So it's like it's a huge boost in conscious uh, in consciousness after you get behind what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a very important point. I I, I cannot agree with Marvin more about this because. Uh, I, this is also a point that we forget all the time when we're dealing with conspiracies and the realities in life, etc. Yes, the powers that be are doing lots of bad things. Yes, there are so many people abusing their power. And uh, you could say that they're the reasons for lots of suffering on Earth. But instead of focusing on these and getting angry at them all the time and wanting them to be punished, instead... When we find out about these things, maybe we can start to focus on what, how can we make them better instead of just, you know, focusing on destroying or uh, eliminating the bad things out of our life. We can maybe come up, we can spend our energy to do better things. Mm. Instead of trying to destroy the old, we can spend our energy to create the new. Then people will naturally see the difference and flock over. Right? Yeah. This is exactly this is the point that you were making. You see, the the alternative doesn't come in the form necessarily of um of a of a system. It or comes an ideology. More, it yeah, it comes more in the form of of authenticity. It comes more in the form of um choice. How yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of people that are that are in this world right now, like younger generations. If I look at the people that are around my age, a lot of them they they have a very different attitude towards life. They're way more. They like open books. You can talk with them about their deepest beliefs, basically, and um, it's it's no problem. They just tell you, I believe in this and that, and then you look at their beliefs, you look at yours, you share, you see where's the differences. Okay, cool, and uh, you go your way. Um, with older generations, it's more like they're in their their little castles. They're they're very much shut off. They're very separate. So what the future looks more connected. The future looks more where people are are authentic. They don't they don't hide much. It's more based yes. on on good emotions, on love, on excitement, on sharing. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. based on separateness, on suffering, on on all of these things. So I think that's mostly what the change manifests as. It's it's more that people are becoming more open, they're becoming more loving and um we we as people if we want to change things 
the best thing we can do is to change how we actually present ourselves in the world. So if we actually become more authentic and we, we are more loving towards people, we, we contribute to this new world because any system um, can only work if the corresponding practice of it is is of of a high quality basically so the new way is not finding a new financial system or whatever it's basically finding a new way of looking at reality of engaging with people uh-huh. yeah well, like how did you what do you think of that um you know how the change is because i i think that's an important part that people realize that the change doesn't only happen in the outside. Um, it happens mostly within us. We are the change, basically. If we don't change, if the way we interact with each other don't ch- uh, doesn't change, then nothing will change, basically. I, uh, I mean, I agree with that. I think a lot of us um, are observers too much. You know, we, we consume so much and we read and we lurk and we watch and you know take in take in take in Mm. but we don't try and contribute back as much as we should and i say we i mean just humanity kind of on a mean on an average uh Mm. sense Mm. yeah you know the vast majority i mean i I guess people people are just too occupied with their problems to do that kind of you know yeah, I mean it's a it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. The Ouroboros, the snake eating its tail, it's going to continue uh, until there is some conscious act from within. Mm. And I can't say where that can come from, except that you know, just from within yourself, you have to create it and and find that you have the innate power and the ability. And it's just really kind of a self discovery thing. And I think you can get there through. Uh, stuff like meditation, you know, I think that leads to it. Mm. Um, I think that quieting your mind and, uh, you know, just exploring your inner self and, and giving yourself some time to just sit and be and experience these thoughts, then, you know, if you if you don't unplug yourself a little bit, uh, and I find that, you know, the majority of us are or at least in Western society, is go, 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 do, 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 Mm. you know, wake up, drink coffee, get the shower, go to work, come home, clean up, make dinner, watch TV, go to bed, and then rinse, repeat, you know, ad infinitum. It goes on and on, and if we don't just step back for a minute and kind of objectively look at what we're doing, we won't have time to... To make a change yeah but i i see it like this that um the thing is i can uh, observe ascension right now i see it in how things are developing how how people behave what kind of questions they have how many people wake up because we talked about catalysts earlier and um the point is that all of this stuff is coming more and more in your face like um fox news is now showing like pedo pedo gate stuff yeah and um really more more yeah more and more stuff is coming into the mainstream um on every on every parts like there's more 
Pedogate arrests. There's more. There's just way more stuff going on. It, and also this this thing with uh, this mass shooting recently. Like it's it's coming more into the mainstream, and and the, the official narrative is being questioned everywhere. If you're aware of these things, these this kind of stuff didn't happen before. It wasn't that obvious. Like, this stuff is getting more and more obvious, more and more extreme, more and more in your face. Yes. So that that's why it's such a strong catalyst. That's why I can see Ascension actually taking place. Not just, not just because of the macro structures that are kind of changing where you see all of these catalysts where it's kind of like in your face that something isn't right here. It's also... In the micro, I, I, I tend, I like, um, I often watch energy updates. Energy updates is like spiritual people who describe uh, the current energies and, and what they kind of do with human consciousness. And it's mostly about um, the kind of problems that most people face right now, depending on their state of development. And um, I can always watch these things in my environment i can watch myself going through certain problems and processes i can watch other people go through certain problems so i see that people are more confronted with their issues like they come up more it's more like again it's more in your face like there's lots of relationships that are that are finishing and that yeah, and, and lots of people starting new jobs and noticing that they're not happy where they are right now. And by watching these things, I can observe that there's something going on, there's something shifting and changing. So, you know, if people are too much caught up in their day-to-day -day, like it has been for a long time, of course, nothing much will happen. It's the same an analogy with if you're always happy, if you're always in fourth density, fifth density, there's not so many catalysts. But right now there's so much stuff that is more and more in your face that people are forced to develop that's why that's why i don't see it so much as that ascension is something that you know could happen if we one day decide to uh, decide to wake up it's more like we're being pushed more into it and you can either decide to like I don't know, put your head in the sand more, which will only make you suffer more. Or you can actually, you know, be like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to take a break from this day to day and l introspect, look at myself. Why is shit going down, basically? And, um, and that's what I see happening more recently, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it too. And, and whether it's ascension or, or not, call it what you want, something is happening something is changing and i think a lot more people are questioning kind of what's being presented to them mm -hmm. uh just from everywhere you know in the media in politics and government yeah uh just what we see in music movies tv uh -huh. you know all of it i think a lot of people are questioning you know is it real yeah. Oh, what we call ascension, it's not necessarily something like uh, uh, like a supernatural thing that's happening to us, but more like uh, it's, it, maybe we can call it like a general uh, advancement of consciousness. People. Well, and it's it's like our consciousness isn't going to leave our bodies. You know, yeah. we're still going to be sex and meats walking around, or we're hopefully flying in space somewhere. 
but it's the 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 workings and the function and the abilities of our consciousness of our experience of reality will go to another level or or rise to another level or ascend to another level mm-hmm. we will become more aware of our innate abilities as human beings and how we can manipulate our environment as we learn more about the the universe and uh, these different particles and and whatever that makes up the universe hall of fractal theory you know quantum mechanics uh as we explore more and find wrong things and right things not saying that anyone's the true answer but we'll be able to eventually control that i mean they're doing experiments now where they're able to teleport photons essentially Mm. Uh so 50 years 100 years 300 years however long in the future well, I mean, that will be a practical technology. We'll find some way to extract the use out of our knowledge of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can conceive of it, then it's possible. And that's why mm-hmm. as consciousness changes, as people start to think broader, they start to be more creative. It, will, it shows in everything. It shows in science. It shows in art. It shows in how we interact with each other. And it shows itself in our environment because as we start to understand that beliefs are what create reality and we start to shed some limiting beliefs, of course, that will manifest itself in, in, the, in the outer world. Because when people mention ascension, you know, it's always imagined like, yeah, right, we're all just going to like, there's going to be a beam and then we're all astral beings and we can all move shit and whatever. But... You know, that's that's just one perspective on of it. It's it's yes. basically just the evolution of consciousness and what yes. comes with that is maybe being able to teleport or looking at time differently or whatever, just because it's all based on beliefs. <clears throat> I agree. Do you think it's because we're a more competitive species by nature instead of a cooperative species by nature? I don't think that's in our nature. Uh that that delves down into nature versus nurture and I believe nurture always trumps nature and that this competitiveness is something that is imposed on us something that is brainwashed in our psyche from birth and uh, once more people realize that cooperation benefits everyone and it's always a better choice people will naturally start cooperating instead of competing I mean it's all big dick measuring contest right now it is yeah everything i mean everything <laughs> i mean fucking I mean... war and and the, the civil problems that we're having oh, yeah. the uh the the military versus you know everyone else and the police you know uh-huh. just all, all of that going on it's just a big dick measuring contest only... people want to control other people and then impose other restrictions on other people the mm. only thing that you should be comparing yourself to is yourself basically so yeah. a dick measure with yourself not with anybody else <laughs> we're talking metaphorical dicks yeah, like exactly. how, how much how much did it grow in the last like you know yeah I, i'm not i'm not in any way advertising dick enlarging <laughs> medicine or something <laughs> it was a metaphor just to make that these are metaphorical penises <laughs> yeah but anyway but you know i the thing is, you mentioned like competitiveness and so on. Um, what I observed on myself growing up um, is that 
you know, I used to always be different. That brought me into issues and so on. But I was very much, I didn't want to hurt people at all. I had no desire to hurt anybody. And um, I, mm, I was very much concerned about other people always. Like, people that were around me, I wanted them to be in a good state. It, like, affected me directly. And, and all of these things are like, that's why I often say that I'm like a wanderer or whatever, because, because I observed myself growing up being very different and more having like, um, having ways of thinking and doing that fit more into the category of like, um, yeah, these, these higher density aspects that are more revolved about uh, um, around being one and like love and so on. So that's why, I mean, I also, I also read about indigos and, and such, and I could identify with, with those concepts very well because it's what I experienced on myself. So if one, you know, if it's true that there's more indigos being born and that there's wanderers coming here, that means there's more people coming here that think along our lines or that think the way I do, even from a young age on, that are less about fighting and competitiveness and ego, but more about creating a joyful society. That's why, that's why I'm hopeful, you know, because I can... I can see it on myself. I can see it on my surroundings. And I think the world today looks quite different than 50 years ago or 70 years ago. I think it was a very different place. I can't say if it was, but that's the kind of impression I get if I, if I look at what people say about the world and the way I experienced myself growing up in this world. Can I, uh, can I say something about Indigo Children? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I also identify with, uh, with the concept of indigo child, mm. but my problem with the concept is it seems to, because I identify with it, I feel like other people would be able to identify with it as well because I have a hard time, um, disconnecting myself from my beliefs in order to. Uh, understand that other people have their own beliefs that are different from mine. So that's that's hard for me to, I guess, be empathetic about. But anyway, I feel like a lot of people would be able to identify with indigo ch children. Mm. Um, I'm going to read off the, uh, these for our listeners if they would like to see uh, if, what they are. This is from Gaia.com. 13 signs you are an indigo child. Mm -hmm. One, you feel entitled. You were born feeling special and know it. Two, you are destined to be here. You are confident and even arrogant at times and emboldened by something larger than you can name. Three, you have high expectations of yourself and others. This can make for a challenging relationships and interactions. You see only the best and expect others to live up to it. Toward yourself, you can be unrelentingly self-critical. Four, you are perceptive. Indigos see the world differently. Coupled with innate self-assurance, you often think your way is right, and you are offended if others cannot see, much less take action on your point of view. If indigos ruled the world, you are confident no problems would exist. 5. You question authority. You are not one to negotiate, so certain in your views and ways, you are often rebellious and critical of those in power. 6. You want to overturn the man. Difficult and rigid systems seem foolish to you, and you often become antagonistic to what others experience as normal. 
Seven, you are creative. Musically and artistically gifted, your art invites others to see the world around through your eyes. Eight, you are a change maker. Your perception on the failings of society is so keen that you are a magnificent leader offering better methods of business, society, and ways of being. Nine, you are a lost soul. And stay with me, guys. There's only five more of these. Uh, <laughs> you are a lost soul. You feel out of place with others as you recognize you are different than most people. You can't. You can tend toward being a loner or rebel, unwilling to compromise just to fit in. Ten, you are driven. As the indigo soul mission is encoded in your very being, you are unwilling to back down from confronting what feels out of integrity. Eleven, you are passionate and focused. While fiery temperaments may be hard to take, you are not one to be still or silenced. Twelve, you are highly psychic. Without any need for development, your psychic capacity is finely tuned. While you see nothing special in your ability, it gives you an advantage in reading others with ease and seeing through masks. Thirteen, you are frustrated. Coupled with your big picture vision and restless soul drive for change, you become easily frustrated with society and others who are not shifting quickly enough. Patience is something that should be developed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. thanks for listening to that. But Oh, yeah. I mean, I identify with that, and I think a lot of people would. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, especially people who would listen to this podcast, you know. Um, I mean, if I ask these things to my uncle or some other people, you know, they might not identify with all of these points, but um, but especially people... So do you think in, it's an indigo generation? Um, You know, essentially, I don't think that that not everybody can be in these ways you know um i'm not sure if we are all indigos maybe we are but it's just the kind of people that um are that are more frequently born now they tend to have these kind of um like abilities it's like a spectrum it's a spectrum of abilities and uh and things that make you you and these things are getting more like as I said, like 50 years ago, you would have less people with these kind of abilities being born. So today you have more people of that kind. That's how I see it. I can't say exactly if they all have like indigo auras or whatever. I don't know. I see it more like a spectrum that, Uh that kind of reflects the state of where we are right now consciously. Uh Very true. I definitely believe that there's a certain Intel intake of new types of souls, new frequency, new consciousness that is being inter, uh, injected into the uh, collective consciousness of humanity. Mm-hmm. So, so as to help us uh, smoothly transition into a higher vibrational, higher consciousness state, which is happening every day right now. So it, it doesn't really matter if somebody's an indigo or not. I, I, I do understand the need for people to relate to a certain label to a team to something but yeah i mean basically it's indigo or not some people will always see the world as they have been taught some people will strive to better themselves and strive to understand things better and this indigo concept definitely um, aligns with that understanding yes very true Good points. So, um, uh, if we were to get back to uh, the teachings of Bashar, yeah, take us somewhere. 
Sure. Uh, uh, there was an analogy that he used called the mirror analogy. And what he says basically is that reality is exactly like a mirror. And uh, the physical explanation underneath this is basically, uh, remember how we talked, <clears throat> how we talked about uh, us shifting into the parallel dimensions countless times every second through yeah. the frequency that we radiate towards the frequencies of those parallel realities, which is also the reasoning of how you can attract things into your life. Uh, uh, remember that book called The Secret? Oh, I attracted this car into my life. Oh, I attracted this new girlfriend to my life. The physical explanation underneath that is basically uh, intending something, having that frequency of energy, and then letting go of it. Because when you don't let go of it, uh, you keep reminding yourself that you don't have it. Uh, I still don't have this girlfriend. I still don't have this one. So you embody the frequency that you don't have that. So, so when you let go of that, you automatically attract that vibration, that frequency to yourself because you embody that frequency. So you naturally shift to those parallel realities that you own or you have that thing that you intended to have. Yeah, but that's beside the point. Reality is like a mirror in what way? That which seemingly surrounds you is all taking place within your consciousness, right? Because what we agreed before is basically everything that happens outside of you is basically your own perspective of it. So what you do, if, if reality is a mirror, if you want to change the picture in the mirror, you don't try to, you don't try to change the image in the mirror, you change yourself. You can't reach inside the mirror and make yourself smile. No, you make yourself smile and the mirror automatically changes. Okay. So all of the difficulties, all of the complications, all of the pain, all of the suffering we have experienced on our planet, I think it's, it's, it, it's been, it has been from our attempt to manipulate the reflection instead of actually changing who we are. So this, this also sort of connects to the analogy that we made earlier about how instead of trying to destroy the old, Let's try to create the new. Let's change ourselves, and the reality will change accordingly. Because when you change yourself and you live the way you choose to live, the way that you choose the better options in your life, then that will be your reality, regardless of what's happening in the world. That's all it takes. It might seem not simple, but that's only because you have that belief. Any degree of difficulty and pain and suffering you have ever experienced it's not because there's actually inherent difficulty built into the creation. No. All that, all that only comes from the perspective that is created by the belief systems within your unconscious mind. You're automatically already manifesting, creating what you believe in. So it's not about learning how to trust. It's just, it's all automatic. Manifesting, believing in something. What you believe is true. It simply comes down to what you believe is true. Yes. Focused intent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everybody, say it with me. I am beautiful and I am loved because I love you. <laughs> I am beautiful and I am loved because I love you. I'm beautiful, I'm loved, and I love you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and everybody feels great. I mean, I've got a huge freaking smile on my face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's really what it is. I mean, it's it's... 
it's you know some people are going to listen to that and they're going to be like dude these guys are off their freaking rockers but it's um you know it's putting it into physical manifestation it's creating it it's creating those waves through speech because what speech it's sound what sound it's a wave so you're generating positive frequencies that's the that's what the frequency is it's the measure of the wave uh-huh. and you know Itzhak uh, Bintov does talks about this wonderful experiment where you can take grandfather clocks and you can put 10 of them or 20 of them or 100 or 1,000 of them on a wall and you can turn the pendulum uh-huh. and make them out of sync. And over time, they will eventually sink into the same rhythm uh-huh. and synchronize. Mm-hmm. And it's because surrounding waves create a resonance and want to, you know, reflect that resonance around them. Uh-huh. And so they, they rate, they synchronize themselves. So by, you know, having these positive thoughts, these positive sound waves, you know, and expressing these beliefs, you're not only affecting yourself, but others, you're, you're, you're sending that out into the universe. You're sending out those, those good ways. Very, very true. There's another thing I want to, I want to say to that, which is, um, we said earlier that the more conscious you are, the more power you get basically to create and to manifest and to send your vibration out, you know, your vibrational attitude. And that is precisely why um, there are less people needed to be positive and to have these good vibrations to make a huge effect because the people who are unconscious, the people who haven't learned to control their vibrational attitude yet, um, they don't have as strong of a signal. They don't have as strong of a, you know, energy behind it as people who consciously create positive energy. That is why you will see a shift in, in, um, in our society, even if just like, uh, one third of the population consciously creates a good vibe, a good vibration. Um, that's also why mass meditations work so well. They have an effect mm-hmm. on on the whole. They have an effect on on very big things because it's just a handful of people. Uh, in in case of uh, mass meditations, maybe a few hundred, a few thousand, that really focus their energy and intent, their positive energy and intent, on something specific, and that has huge power behind it, way more power than any unconscious manifestation that people are having. And that's why, that's why we're so powerful if we start to understand that we actually, we have a lot of power if we just use it consciously. Very true. Very true. Like 10, the, the positive energy, the coherent positive energy of 10 people can affect the positive energy of 100 people. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Um, but I, I think that was really uh, excellent episode. I, I want to thank both of you, uh, Valen, Marvin, for being on the show. Definitely hope you come back and uh, we can continue this and expand on the thousands of other topics that we left untouched. <laughs> with pleasure. But um, With pleasure. I, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to leave us with uh, some final thoughts. Um 
Marvin, you went first uh, yeah. last time. Do you want to go first again? Sure. Uh, I just want to say I really enjoyed it. You know, we had a great talk. And uh, just keep up the good vibrations. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I just want to say that to wrap everything up, uh, what you you what we can get from all of this is that ultimately you are in control of your reality and that you decide how you feel. And the best way to do that is always question yourself, understand yourself by questioning yourself, understand your feelings, question why you feel the way you do, and understand yourself. Temet noske, know thyself. And when you mm -hmm. do, you will always uh, experience life with much more uh, vigor and positivity, and you will always find a better choice for you. Yes. Act on your highest excitement. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Well, guys, thanks again for being here uh, with us. And to our listeners, I'd like to just remind you that we're all sharing this reality together. Let's make our own reality the best it can be so we can make each other's realities uh, even more so. And uh, thank you for joining us. Treat each other with excellence. Right on. Bye. See you next time. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up good